Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. On DAB+, Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. This is the IPL Preview Show on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon to you and welcome to the IPL show here on TalkSport 2 and our regular look at the world of the shortest form of the game. For the next 60 minutes, the former England fast bowler Steve Harmison and myself, Andrew McKenna, will be looking at the scores, stats and matches as the playoffs rapidly approach. There are only two matches left of the group stage, but as with the incredible nature of this year's competition, they both have plenty left on them. We'll take you through all of the options and permutations and clarify the best route through the playoffs. Journalist Chesson Narula will be joining us once again, casting his eye over the IPL and also the squad's named by India for their upcoming series with Australia. And we'll hear from the Movers and Shakers on the IPL Show here on TalkSport 2. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. This is the IPL Preview Show on TalkSport 2. It's the IPL show here on TalkSport 2, so we're getting close to knowing our playoff teams. The Mumbai Indians are in, and they will finish first because they have 18 points from their 13 matches. They're four clear of the RCB, the Capitals, and the Knight Riders, although the KKR have completed their matches, so they're now seeing how strong their fingernails are as they desperately try and cling on. The RCB and the Capitals have one game left and it's against each other today so that's going to be an interesting one and the sunrisers kings 11 super kings and royals all have 12 points however the sunrisers are still alive they have a game left tomorrow and a win would see them through the trouble is 
It's against Mumbai. Uh, one thing you can normally take as read about this tournament, Steve Armisen, is that it goes down to the wire and yet again it's not disappointed us. Absolutely, Mac. It's been another another fantastic week. I'm getting sick of saying that. It's been a, it's been great, fascinating. That only Mumbai have really run away with things. Uh, everybody else has more or less beat each other over the course of this last six weeks, and there's been some. Some good cricket played. There's also some been horror shows as well. You know, our very own. You know, well, we've got three, three or four overseas in the Rajasthan team. They're not going to go on. But I think it's been a great week for Owen Morgan and fingers crossed, his KKR side that can cut to just sort of hang on and try and get into that. You know, that hang on to that fourth spot and uh, and get a, a knockout place. But like I said before, nothing is. You can't predict anything is going to happen because um, you know the nature of, of everybody just beating each other. Uh, so let's go through those results. Uh, yesterday, the uh, the KKR beat the Rajasthan Royals by 60 runs. 191 for 7 plays, 131 for 9. In the early game, uh, the CSK beat the Kings 11 by 9 wickets. The Kings 11 uh, held to 153 for 6. The CSK knocking those off. One down with seven balls to spare. In Saturday's games, uh, the Sunrisers beat the RCB. Uh, 120 for seven, the RCB posted. Sunrisers knocking them off five down in the uh, first ball of the 15th over. And indeed, the 15th over was the magic over, it seemed, on Saturday because the Mumbai Indians chased down the 111. They needed to beat the Capitals uh, 14 overs and two balls to win by nine wickets. On Friday, uh, a cracking game, actually, Kings 11 posted one. 185 for four, which, let's be brutally honest, wins more games than it loses. And the Rajasthan Royals knock them off with two and a half overs to spare. Three wickets down. As Ben Stokes making another 50 from 26 balls. And then on Thursday, uh, the CSK winning by seven, uh, sorry, six wickets. 178 for four they made, uh, knocking down the uh, 172 for five that the Knight Riders uh, posted. Doing that off the last ball of the uh, innings. Interesting thing about this, Steve, looking at it, six of the last seven matches have been won by the team batting second. So you have to now really take into account it's got to be due, hasn't it? Although, if we're honest, that doesn't explain the two early matches of the double header. But it looks like due is now playing a really significant part. Yeah, I think it is. I think that's a, it's a good point. And I think yesterday, when you look at it, I think there's a, the K was it yesterday? Can't get me days mixed up. KKR. And then they got one nine one, and you're thinking, well, yeah, the, this that that looked sort of above par, and I think the the due factor is is coming into the into the equation um, a lot more now as the tournament's coming to its climax. Um, I'm not sure why though, because you know similar type of you would think it would be similar conditions for 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 most of the tournament, but um, I think it is you can put it down to being the contributing factor to to just to due because that's that's something that captains have spoke about. I know Owen Morgan spoke about it. Um, yesterday, as well as uh, Steve Smith, he also spoke about it and said it played a big part. So it'll be interesting to see if that changes game plans when you come to the the semi final and the final uh, of this of this great competition. Virtually every team has had fluctuations in form. You know, mm. it's bound to happen. It's a, it's a tournament that lasts what six seven weeks, except. The Mumbai Indians, it would appear, because they've got four losses on their record. But actually, I only recount that as two 
proper losses because two of them were in super overs. So to to be that consistent, jeez, I mean they are they are a really fine team, aren't they? They are a fine team, and without their yeah the leading figure in the last last few games in in Rohit Sharma, who's who's had a struggle uh, with with injury. So they've done it. Karen Pollard, I think, took over. Quentin de Kock has been in fine form, but when you've got a bowling lineup, and especially with a lineup with variation as well, you know, you, Pattinson's come in for a for the odd game, but it's been mainly Jasper Boomer. And and when you look at the, the the sort of stats, you got Boomer with 23 wickets, Trent Bolt with 20 wickets. You know, you can see who's doing all the damage, as well as the strike rate stats of Hartik Pandya and Kieran Pollard in the top in the top six. Um, not only are they they're getting off to half decent starts, the scoring runs quickly in that sort of middle to end of the end of the, the twenty overs, and then they've got match winning bowlers, i.e. wicket takers, at the top and at the death in uh, in Bumrah and in um, in Trent Bolt. So they're going to be uh, it's going to take some team to beat them. Um, when you look at it, really, I look at Kings Eleven, who really should be kicking themselves. To be honest, they've mm-hmm. they've lost the last two games. They've, you know, they're going to finish probably six, one six, twelve points, fourteen games. Lost the last two games, and they lost the last two games against the two teams below them in the table. So, I think because I think when Chris Gale came into the side, he's completely transformed the, the Kings Eleven, and then all of a sudden they've probably thought, right, we're over the line here. We've got the bottom two teams to play, who are more or less out of it. Um, and you know when you do do start thinking like that, it comes back to bite you on the backside. So Kings Eleven will be kicking themselves. Um, and and Delhi, looking at Delhi, who I've fancied all the way through, the, the sort of young team who we probably said throughout this last six weeks that if they become get into a difficult difficult patch and a couple of losses, it might be it might be hard for them to sort of stop the tide and get 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 over the line. So if they can just get over the line against RCB today and get into the knockout stages, then you know a little bit of regrouping by Ricky Ponton and, and they might have a chance of going again and beating Mumbai. But as you said, right at the very top, they're going to take some beating Mumbai because they seem to have a game plan sorted and they're very, very good at executing it. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Delhi there. We've been talking about them for weeks. We love them as a team. They started so well. But they seem to have had that issue of maintaining it. Now, it's slightly different, but I always remember Duncan Fletcher used to talk about being maybe slightly undercooked at the start of a series, especially a five-match series, because, you know, the the fourth and fifth test matches would be, what, six, seven, eight weeks down the line. It's so difficult to maintain that level for that period of time, which to me makes what Mumbai have done even more incredible because everyone else, yeah, some teams have at times played better cricket than them and have put better performances together. But actually, to be that steady, what, eight, eight and a half out of ten, every game is what the Mumbai Indians have done. And over over this length of tournament, I think that's just sensational. And I've got to be honest, I think Mahela Jai Warden has done an incredible job as coach. Absolutely. It's, it's his job as much as the players and the captain. And, and that is a real reflection on, on what's happening behind the scenes. It'd be interesting to, to, to hear... Um Chetan, uh, when Cheston come on, comes on, because the uh, the actual bubble system of how everybody works is is different. People are in hotels. People are in. Uh, I read somewhere the, the there's people on beaches. I think the the Alliance Group that have got Mumbai there. I think they bought their own hotel and got themselves ready. So I actually think off the field is 
just as important as on the field. And if you've got a comfortable environment to live in and a comfortable environment to socialise around and in when you're off time, I think it will make you play a lot better. Also, they've got some good young Indian players who have who have performed very, very well, have Mumbai Indians. Um, Ishan Kishnan, who he got 72, got 40 balls in the last game. Um, and their overseas stars have, have got some experience about them playing franchise cricket. If you look at, it's been Nathan Coulter-Nile or James Pattinson. Trent Bowler has been magnificent so far in this tournament. Kieran Pollard has been Kieran Pollard. He does his stuff. He's mm. 200 strike rate at the back of the innings at number six. Um, and is there is there many better wicketkeeper batsmen than Quentin de Kock in 2020 cricket at this moment in time? So they seem to have all the sort of ducks in a row. They've got everything going in the right way. I've been intrigued to see what their off-field stuff's been like and if it's been very, very yeah, comfortable and a good surrounding. And I think that helps going on the field. And, you know, it's like I said before, it's going to take some team to beat them. Uh, so lots of highlights um, this week. Um, if this was a highly uh, polished production, we'd have a sort of a Harry Hill-style uh, worst DRS review of the week uh, jingle at this point because I want to single out Nitish Rana. Um, just because you get a first baller against Jofra Archer in the game against Rajasthan Royals yesterday, it doesn't give you the right to review it. That could only have been an edge through to the keeper and there was no way Paul Rifle was going to uh, get that one wrong. I mean, that's just a horrible, horrible review. And... Frankly, borders on selfishness. Well, it was a bit like Stuart Broad, wasn't it? I was just when I seen that, I thought, I thought well, I wasn't going to go there. But not even Broadie would do that. Not even Stuart would do that. So, no, it was. I, I honestly don't know how what how he come to that decision. Um, I'd imagine there'll be a tap on the shoulder from captain and coach and say, "Come on, you know what's what's going on there?" Because that could only have, have hit his bat. And I actually don't understand how he could come to that decision to, to review it, especially it was away from his body, ball bounce away from his body, so there's no pad or there's no body involved in it. Um, and he's got to have felt because it was a, it's just bizarre, it was bizarre full stop. Absolutely. Had he, had he just out of um, sheer reaction instantly made the T-shape and then gone and had a chat with the partner and said, by the way, uh, mate, I think you might have dropped a rick there. Mm. But they actually had a long discussion. They only just made the signal in time. Anyway, yes. So congratulations, Nisis Rana. Worst DRS review of the week. Uh, so just to remind you the fixtures. Today, the Delhi Capitals take on the RCB. That game is in uh, Abu Dhabi. Tomorrow, it's the Sunrisers against the Mumbai Indians in Sharjah. Now, you might sort of think, oh, Sharjah, high scoring, that could maybe help out the Sunrisers. Actually, their net run rate is pretty decent anyway. So as it stands, it's not really that, uh, that significant for them because the Sunrisers are actually on plus 0.5. Looking at the KKR, they're on minus 0.2 and the Delhi Capitals are minus uh, 0.15 at the moment. So actually... It's just a case of win the game for some risers. Run rate probably isn't going to come into it. We'll discuss all of those permutations over the course of the next hour. Cheetan Narula, the uh, Indian journalist, will be joining us next to take a look at the stories from the IPL and also that uh, those squads announced by India for their games against Australia coming up. All coming up next here on TalkSport 2. Magnificent shot, a repeat dose from Deepak Hoda. Ah, 
it's a cracker and talk about fatting it here in Dubai what a way to finish things Ishan Gishan 1-1-1 one, one, one for 1 breathtaking Yeah, lively few days in the IPL and not all about the overseas stars as well. There's been some fantastic performances from the Indian players. Those were just a few of them. Deepak Huda's innings over the weekend was an absolute belter. Delighted to say that Cheetah Narula is joining us once again. And uh, Cheetah, thanks very much for your for your time. I mean, this IPL, I think I'm right in saying that it's the first one, first version of the tournament that each of the teams have won this many games before. Does that maybe... Assure show the standard that this year's tournament has actually improved or is it fact maybe that everyone else is coming back down and it's congregating up in the middle thanks andrew for having me again yeah i mean it, it's a combination of both because uh, like i said previously on the show uh, most of these players hadn't played too much cricket before the tournament so it's you know they, they're just warming up all together coming you know in the performances coming together but more importantly it's the last year in the big cycle of the IPL. It was supposed to be. I'm told that the big auction might not happen next year. So when, when that happens, when you have the cycle coming to an end, when the same players have been playing for two, three years together, the teams do get bunched up. And I think that has, both these factors have combined to give us an excellent IPL. Although uh, I would be remiss to say, you know, this, this action, this weekend's action was perhaps a little disappointing compared to what we have seen, you know, how close the action has been throughout the tournament. Yeah, what do you make of the fact that the, the scores in some of the games have, have just fallen through the floor? Is this the, the bowlers getting a bit of revenge or is it pitches getting tired? What do you put it down to? Obviously, the pitches are getting tired. There's no, there's no way about it. I mean, you look at just, you just look at Sharjah when the tournament started. Uh, the pass score was 210, 220, now 170. Getting 170 batting first uh, is a problem. Uh, chasing it down is another problem. So I think that's what we have seen throughout the tournament. Uh, the pass scores were from 180 to 210. Now they now they are probably, I, I wouldn't say 140, 150. This is not, I mean, if this was Chennai, I would say 140. But uh, I would say anywhere between 160 and 180. I think Abu Dhabi is still a ground where you can score a bit higher. Um, but I think Dubai is somewhere where you 170 is uh, 160 170 is the pass score. The bowlers have been fantastic. I mean, you look at the likes of uh, Kagiso Rabara, Jaspreet Bumrah. The bowlers have been fantastic. The spinners are starting to come into their own teams, are starting to deploy uh, three spinner attacks. So it, it's interesting. I think uh, it'll be interesting because the knockouts are a mini tournament in themselves, aren't they? Gentlemen, we, we talked about the, the rebuilding. We just talked there about rebuilding and you know, the, probably the biggest rebuild for any of the, the eight sides is going to be CSK, it's going to be Chennai. Do you think Stephen Fleming will be given the chance to, to rebuild it first and foremost? Because you're probably looking at Shane Watson, Imran Tahir, Dwayne Bravo and MS Stoney, the big hitters, will be have to replace. And there's been some you know, quite encouraging performances from the younger guys that have, have been brought in as the tournament's gone on. Yeah, hi again, Steve. Yeah, well, you know, he will be given the chance. But before I say anything else, I would like to announce on the show that right now, just right now, Shane Watson has announced his retirement from all mm. forms of cricket. So he's not going to be available for the next IPL onwards. But yes, uh, the good news is that MS Dhoni will be available. He said that before yesterday's final game at the toss. And I think the combination of MS Dhoni and Steve, uh, not Steve, 
uh, Stephen Fleming yeah. <laughs> uh, works, uh, really works uh, together for CSK. I mean, they've, what, this is the first time in 13 years that they haven't made to the knockouts, uh, leave aside those two years when they were not uh, not in the competition. So I think they will be given a chance. I think it's an important rebuild because, yes, the youngsters have come in their own in the latter part of the season, but uh, it's just a complete rebuild in terms of the batting lineup. They need to get into the auction, get Indian players, get overseas players. There are quite a few blocks that need to be uh, filled up. And it's not just CSK. I mean, you look at other sides. I think Sunrisers need need an auction. Kolkata Knight Riders probably need an auction. Delhi, uh, their first choice 11 is so good. But then because their second choice 11 is not that good, their form has tapered off. So I think uh, all the teams need to fill up some gaps. But uh, it remains to be seen if it will be a mega auction or it will be just a regular yearly auction. Uh, Chief, and while we've got you, um, can I just ask you your thoughts on, on the squads announced by India for their games against Australia? I mean, <laughs> you, you're talking about a rebuilding process. I mean, this is certainly what we're talking about here. So, KL Rahul's going to be the one-day international and T20 captain. Uh, no Rishabh Pant in the white ball squads, but he is in the test match squads. Uh, and Varun Chakravarti, who's obviously had, had such a great IPL, is in the T20. What, what have you made of the thinking of the whole thing? Uh, first of all, Varun Chakravarti, what a story. What a story. Uh, I was just talking to a friend last week and, you know, it gives hopes to all of us Sunday cricketers because we play cup club cricket and we never know, you know, you, you get spotted by an IPL scout and then you make it to Kolkata Knight Riders and next thing you know, uh, you're playing in the IPL and then suddenly you're poised for an India debut in Australia. So it's a fairy tale. It's a, it's an absolute fairy tale. He's, he's a fantastic bowler as he's shown us uh, over the last couple of years in the IPL. But apart from his selection, I think it's been a confusing one from the Indian selectors. Uh, to their credit, they've only had the IPL, really, because they, they had the previous squads. They haven't had a lot of cricket to build upon it because we are in November. Right now, they would have a couple months of domestic cricket to sample and select players, but that hasn't happened. But even then, it's confusing because there's so much confusion about Rohit Sharma's availability. And on top of that, they've proceeded and named KL Rahul as vice-captain in, in, in the white ball formats, which is confusing because if Rohit Sharma is available, do you then not make KL Rahul vice-captain anymore? It, it's confusing. Rishabh Pant is unfit. So he's not been... That's the official line. He's unfit and overweight. And that's why he's not been included in the ODI and T20 squads. But is he fit for test squads? Uh, for the test squad? Uh, that, that's, that's another shocker. So... Uh, it's a confusing uh, squad, but what they have done is, the good thing is that they have this group of 30, 33 players that will be going together to Australia, uh, and they'll be staying there together for two, two and a half months. So a lot of options available you can have, uh, you can add, add or subtract from the squad as, uh, um, you know, uh, as per requirements. But it's going to be a tough one because uh, I think India are a bit lightweight in the test department because Ishan Sharma is under injury cloud. And of course, uh, without Rohit Sharma, it's uh, it's you know the top order doesn't look the same. And is there any more news on on the England tour? Are we going to likely to get any more news before <laughs> Christmas that we're either going to India or we're going into the UAE? Uh, from what I'm told, uh, they are trying their best to play the series in India with uh, the day-night Test match in Ahmedabad and then two Test matches in Dharamsala, and uh, probably uh, one of the Two ODI series will be in Ahmedabad and the other one probably in Mumbai. I'm not sure. Uh, Kolkata, Mumbai and Kolkata are in running, but uh, nothing confirmed yet. But 
uh, the number of cases in India have gone down. So the first choice for BCCI is to host the series in India. But again, uh, no confirmation, at least until for another month. Cheetan, would that be potentially because if the um, England series has to be held in the UAE, obviously we're going to have another IPL virtually straight off the back of that. If the England series isn't in India, then surely the IPL would have to be held outside of India as well. And, and I just wonder if there's maybe a commercial pressure um, that's coming from maybe the team saying, look, we really need to be playing in our own country and maybe that's going to have an effect on it. Well, Andrew, if, even if the IPL happens in India without the vaccination or without the vaccine coming on, I don't think the crowds will be back so soon in India. So if the crowds are not going to be there, it doesn't make sense for the IPL to be in India. You might as well go to the, the UAE because it's much easier to control with eight team bubbles and everything, which is, you know, across three venues. Uh, but yes, there will be pressure. It's, it's an interesting one, depending on how they will balance it. They do want cricket to come back to India. But uh, like I had said last time around as well, the BCCI have a memorandum with the, with, with the UAE go Cricket Governing Council for the next year. So they can host the England series, the IPL and potentially the next T20 World Cup, all of them in the UAE, if it comes to that. Cheetan, thank you so much for your time, as always, for joining us uh, here on TalkSport 2. Cheetan Narella uh, joining us. And uh, as he mentioned there, Shane Watson uh, calling time on his IPL career and uh, 145 matches of IPL uh, cricket, 3,874 runs at an average of a smidge under 31, 30.99, uh, a strike rate of just under 138. And he uh, also weighed in with the uh, small matter of 90 two wickets at an average of uh, 29. So uh, Shane Watson calling time on uh, his uh, IPL career. So um, there you go. That's that's the latest coming out of uh, India. That is uh, the word. So we'll uh, keep you up to date just as soon as we uh, get any more confirmation on that. Uh, next here on the IPL show, we're going to be looking at the performances of the English players over the uh, last few days. And there's been some pretty decent ones as well. This is the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience 
eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. He strikes straight away, does Jofra Archer. Oh, long enough it is. Back-to-back sixes. Oh, he's given that a thumb. What a way to go to 50, that is, from Owen Morgan. That's going, it's going, and it's gone. Don't worry about that. That is miles over the side screen. Did it with nothing more than a flick of the wrists. Brilliant from Owen Morgan. His highest IPL score takes his team to 191 for seven. Man, man, taken! Butler gone! IPL show here on TalkSport 2 and Steve Harmonson and myself, Andrew McKenna, with you once again. And we're going to spend the next few minutes looking at the performances of the uh, English players in the uh, IPL over the uh, the last few days. Well, as Harmi mentioned, the Rajasthan Royals have got a, a fairly sizable English con- uh, co- co- Let's do that in English, shall we? They've got a sizable English contingent as part of their group, but it's not really been happening for them. However, Steve, we have to mention Jofra Archer yet again. I mean, one for 19, and he just keeps churning out performance after performance, and the speeds... He is constantly up there. He is the the player that what well, we we dreamed of having for England for for such a long time, and here he is doing it on a regular basis. Yeah, he's been brilliant. He's been fantastic, and I I, I just hope people in in England um, can see how relaxed he looks and try and create that environment for him because that seems to how he's he's thriving in at this minute in time. Even though Rajasthan have, have largely played some some. Av- Average cricket over the course of the the 14 games, and that's why they're they're bottom of the lot. So, yeah, I'm really pleased for Jofra because he took some stick a little bit in the in the summer, um, and you know a little bit since South Africa, and some of it was just, some of it wasn't. Um, and he's he's gone to the IPL and proved in this environment he he looks as as good a world beater as as what he is. And I think he's been Rajasthan's shining light. I look at Rajasthan and I think. Uh, yesterday especially you know chasing one nine one you lose four wickets in a power play you know you ain't coming back from that and nobody will ever convince me that Josh Butler's a number five in T20 cricket he doesn't face enough balls <laughs> if he's number five fair enough if you lose four wickets in the in the first power play he's going to face balls but I'm sorry I just can't I can't look at any 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 rhyme or reason why Josh Butler. You know, bats at number five in in in, in T20 cricket. Faced 22 balls yesterday, got 35, ran out of partners really, and you know, for me, he has to bat as low as four has to be his lowest spot. I don't understand why he doesn't go in first, especially with Ben Stokes, Um, and maybe it's 
you know the Indian mentality, the Indian way of keeping their, you know, their their players still involved. I.e., Robin Atapa, who's very very experienced, hasn't really done the job at the top of the order. And Sanju Samson, you know, he he keeps getting pretty twenties and thirties. He had one fifty, but largely he he gets in and chucks it away. So for me, yeah, you know, I'm with a biased English hat on. I think uh, Joss Butler is can come away from the IPL and say, well, I did everything I possibly could. I probably would like to have faced a few more balls and give myself a chance. But um, Joffre Archer, definitely England's probably best performer, even though Owen Morgan's running him close here and he still might have time to go. Um, he gets a plus for me. I think Archer gets a plus for me. I think Sam Curran gets a plus for me, even though he played in a struggling side. Um, but now Archer's definitely top of the lot. 20 wickets in 14 games at 18.3 for Joffre Archer. And as you might imagine, his coach, Andrew McDonald, has been just singing his praises. Joffre clearly was outstanding. I think his economy rate's um, probably one of, the, or if not the best economy rate for a fast bowler. His ability to take wickets up front, um, you know, put his stamp on the game in the first over has been incredible. And, and also in the field and, and with the bat early in the tournament, when he had some opportunities with the bat, he, he showed what he can do there. So he's all-round game. He just keeps getting better. And that's scary to think how good he, he may be um, in time. But, um, yeah, it was we just probably had too few contributors around him. Well, of course, they were taking on the KKR. Owen Morgan scoring 68 not out from 35 balls to keep their hopes alive. And I have to say, it, it was really interesting watching Owen Morgan facing uh, both Joffre and Ben Stokes. And it, it did seem that he, he had Ben Stokes worked out for a little bit there, Owen Morgan, Harmy. He did, yeah. Ben went to the slower ball route at the at the back end of the over and Owen Morgan hit him for he hit him for one beautiful six straight down the ground. He, held, he, he just held his pose a little bit he, I, I thought I, I thought for a split second he had done him I thought Ben Stokes had done him with a slower ball but Owen Morgan just held his shot back just a touch and then went again great hands great head position great hands lesson for any young cricketer there you know especially when you're facing you know death bowling and that seemed to be the over that just just swung the momentum I think a par score was probably 175, 180. And, you know, the the big over, I think it was the 19th over, 18th or 19th over, Ben Stokes bowled. Um, and Owen Morgan really hit his straps. And that over then just changed the momentum, got the swing back in KKR's favour. And, you know, I say, 191 was always going to be a tall order. As, as you know, I cheated earlier, said earlier about the pitchers getting, you know, more and more tired. Big totals are now coming down. Um, and that was just far too many for, for Rajasthan to get, and especially losing four in the power play. They never really were in the game. But, you know, fair play to the England captain. I think he's been very, very good. You know, it, he's probably second second in the England list from, you know, shining lights from um, from that point of view in the IPL behind Jofra Archer. Um, but like I said before, there's still, there still could be a part to play for the England captain. Um, if they can qualify for the knockout stages because, you know, there's been a lot of weight on his shoulders. KKR have been poor, really poor in the power play. Then a bit of a better one, a little bit of a, a better one yesterday. Um, they lost the wicket first, uh, very first ball, Rana. We talked about the... The, uh, the, the ridiculous decision to, 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 to ask the third umpire. And then they had a little bit of a partnership, but 
Um, you know, for me, they could be better at the top of the order if they want to be contenders or stand any chance of beating the um, you know the Mumbai Indians or you know Royal Challengers of Bangalore. But their bowling seems to be getting better and better, and you know great confidence booster yesterday for Pat Cummins, uh, four for 34. So the England captain and the Red and the KKR captain might have a, still have a, a, a bit to play in this IPL. Absolutely. Averaging 41.8 this year from his 418 runs. But the strike rate, 138.4, is, is what really does it for him. He has been playing beautiful, beautiful cricket. There's absolutely uh, no doubt of that. Uh, and Morgan spoke after making that unbeaten half-century. Given the conditions, how good they were, everybody in the middle order felt that you had a few balls to take your time and then you could hopefully take advantage uh, later on in the innings. Uh, I managed to do that, Andre Russell managed to do that um, and a number of other batsmen managed to contribute in, in posting a score 190. Now, obviously, some of the other players have been in and out a bit and lightly used, and it was about this time last week that the Sunrisers decided to, to make a change, Harmy. Johnny Bairstow's missed the last couple of games for them, deciding to go with Riddam and Sahar at the, uh, the top of the order uh, with the local players so that they can explore a different option in terms of overseas players. Johnny's gone, he's gone okay, hasn't he? He's, he's just been unfortunate. They, they needed to shake it around. Yeah, Johnny's been unlucky. A, a little bit like he, he has been with, with England. Um, they've, they've, they've decided to make a change, probably for the balance of the side to be better. They brought Jason Holder in, who's actually done very, very well. He got 26 not out of 10 balls um, in the last game. And he gives them a little bit more with a new ball at the, um, at the top. You know, two for 27 off his... Off his, off his four overs. And when you look at their side, the Sunrisers' side, the balance of overseas, it probably works better with either... We, we talked about it, Michael, right at the start. First week, we talked about the Sunrisers. How do you get... How do you keep Johnny Bairstow, Kane Williamson, David Warner in the side and still have it balanced? Well, the answer is you can't. You have to choose, but you've got one... In, you know, David Warner's your captain, so you have to choose between Kim Williamson and Johnny Bairstow. And when Kim Williamson got got over that hamstring problem, the Sunrisers went with Williamson. And when you look at their side balance-wise from overseas point of view, Warner in going in first, Williamson at four, Holder at six, opening the bowling with a new ball. And you have to play, obviously, Rashid Khan. There just doesn't seem to be any room for, for, for the Englishman, Johnny Bairstow. The other thing, I mean, look, uh, 345 runs in 11 innings, so that's what, 31.3, 31.4 average. It was not the worst, but maybe the thing that slightly counted against it was the strike rate. Because what we do know is that Johnny can clatter along at a huge rate. Last season, in 10 innings, he made 445 runs, but the strike rate was 157. This year, 345 runs, so less runs in more games. So, but the strike rate's been less as well. He's down at 127. Uh, and maybe that, you spoke earlier on about how that you've not only got to get the runs, but you've got to set the tempo and set the pace for the innings. Yeah, but on, on that, Maka, I look at the last year, it was a lot easier to face seamers last year. You look at, you look at the leading wicket-takers of the IPL in 2019, it was a lot different to, to, to what it was, what it is this year. The, the wickets this year with a new ball have had a little bit more on in them. They've 
the ball's done a little bit more, and you see that you know the the leading wicket takers are all seamers. To be fair, you know you've got Chahal is the only is the only wicket taker in the top six. Uh, of leading wicket takers, that's a spin bowler, and so when you when you're going in first against a brand new ball, which is either swinging or it's got a little bit of seam movement, it is more difficult to to sort of get off to that crash bang wallop blaze and start. So I think that has to be taken into context a little bit. But he's playing in a side which you know have been up and down, you know, devoid of confidence, a lot of confidence. You know, losing Kane Williamson for a bit. Warner deciding he was going to go and bat down the order. They're going back up the order. I don't think they've been that settled. So for the Sunrisers to have played 13 games and you know six wins, 12 points, and still have a chance, um, it, it just you know it, it shows that there have been a little bit of inconsistency. Um, and Johnny's paid the price for probably wanting to get another seam bowler in there and that has been Jason Holder and like I said before the dynamics works a lot better choosing between Williamson and Besto and not being able to play them both the IPL preview show on Talk Sport 2 the following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism and this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 